Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. Recorded episode last night. So, I mean, it was a. It was. For the most part, I thought it, it flowed by. Not really. I don't really have any complaints coming out of it. It, it was moments uh, heading into the third hour and in the midst of the third hour where things did. Uh, you know, you could just see since the fatigue setting in with the the people and such like that. Even though the crowd was definitely sweetened uh, here and there, but um, all in all, I mean, it was a show that's just getting us through the holiday season as we get to the rumble. So uh, well, we started out with KO, came out still somewhat selling the stomp that he took and the little slam to the head with off the van door. And such like that, but that was cool. Uh, came out, he's you know cutting his promo, got some things you want to say, and Mojo interrupts him. So that was nice that they're still, you know, letting Mojo get some shine on television. And uh, they they actually cut some good promos. It was it got a little dry toward the end of Mojo's. He didn't really have any way he was gonna finish up. He didn't really you know tie the knot on that, but it was still okay. You know, like, it's just something to work on, just from what I'm paying attention to. And, uh, yeah, him and KO had a cool little no disqualification match. They, they're they good at both going back and forth, but it has to be able to, uh, and it's not criticism, you know? It's just like, oh, I already said we're having a no disqualification match. Like, all right, just because you can talk back doesn't mean you always should. But either way, because, I mean, at this point, KO was already winning the promo, but that's... You know, that's in-depth analysis. Either way, uh, they get into the no-DQ match. It was cool. It wasn't anything, uh, you know, it wasn't bad. It was actually much better than I expected it to be. You know, Mojo was in there looking looking strong and dominant for me. Wow, they definitely had some, uh, you know, they had the chair spot that with the four chairs set up. So that was really one of the top moments of the match for me. I was wondering how they were going to go into that pop-up powerbomb through the table. Like, is KO going to throw him behind him or is he going to throw him to the side of the ropes and do the turn? And he threw him on the side and did the turn. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. And Mojo is no small man. So, you know, it was good to KO look strong there. Had uh, Seth Rollins and AOP come out next. I think KO, called, yeah, he still wanted to talk. So he called him out and they... Uh, you know, came out after the commercial break. Seth was acting as if he didn't want any problems, but, uh, you know, and uh, tried to go for the handshake. Told Kev he forgave them, <laughs> or he forgave him for, you know, whatever misunderstanding about, you know, the the big bad boogeyman, you know, like, oh, y'all are y'all out to do it, and Seth is the, Seth is the one calling the shots or whatever. It's, uh, it was cool. Seth said he forgave him. Uh, Kale wasn't having it, and uh, so started the, the, the ass-kicking. So, ALP beat him up, numbers game. Uh, had the most of it, and that was, and all in all, a good opening segment. You know, really positioned Seth as a bad guy. And uh, after, you know, watching that 365, you know, it's like, wow, he's really come a long way with what his character, you know, was. And that's not a bad thing at all. It's just like, it finally seems like it has... A better sense of direction, you know, with the ALP, the <laughs> LOL leather jacket. Like, he looks like he's really, uh, you know, he's evolved, you know, a long, a long way and a great deal. So, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this storyline continues to play out. And uh, we'll just go from there. Next up, I think we got Bobby Lashley versus Cedric Alexander. Had a good little match. Lana interrupted. She's good at going on and on and being annoying. But once she does the annoying thing, she doesn't know how to get out of that part. Like, we're just repeating herself and losing her point of focus. That's the only thing I would say. Other than that, you know, just to, you know, try to understand why the product is the way it is, you know, from a lot of different facets. I actually think Lana did a good job, you know, with that promo. You know, I would give it an 8 out of 10. It was uh, it was very annoying, <laughs> you know, when the, in the moments where it got annoying. But she, she does have a skill with being able to continue with her promo. But just having different uh, creative token points would be something that I would have. Uh, I would just uh, not recommend or suggest, you know, because I'm cap- sure she's capable of doing it or figuring that out on her own. And that's what she wants to do anyway. You know, it's just, you know, live television and all the rest of that stuff. So, yeah, it was um, it was all right. Uh, Bobby Lashley did pick up the victory off of that rolling spear, but Cedric did look strong. It was uh, it was a good matchup. I'll call it a job match or whatever. Enhancement talent and glorified enhancement talent in Cedric. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean it was just showing who's who on the roster. So uh, Zack Ryder goes up against Drew McIntyre next, and Drew McIntyre picks up a complete victory. Uh, it was a good good match seemingly but Drew McIntyre was dominating the whole time uh his promo was very good <laughs> he was uh speaking as Zach talking to himself but the way he was talking it was real good and he declares that 2020 is going to be the year of Drew McIntyre so uh we'll see I know that everybody has been waiting for Drew McIntyre to really uh you know just get that, I just gotta call it the way it is, you know, get that backstage push, you know, in a way, like, he, uh, he, he has the look, he has the attitude, he has the demeanor as one that really has a great deal of respect for what it takes to be, you know, a WWE champion, though I've never been, (laughs) you know, it's, uh, he, he looks like one that is capable of representing the company at that top level. Now, this isn't to say, oh, let's see him get the push next week and he should win the Rumble and then he should go main event mania and then he should beat Brock and, you know, all of these great things that, you know, are he's capable of, but it doesn't really, you know, like, how do we make this story happen and all the rest of that. So I don't want to say I want to see it like that, but, you know, I guess some forms of stronger booking, you know, with him. It would be, you know, cool at times. Like, it can't be just that start-stop, you know. But at the same time, how do you book a big man to, like, he can't always win all of the time either. So, I mean, it's all right. We know he's there. And he definitely picked up a victory on Zack Ryder, which was cool. So, um, good on that. And I'm sure that Zack Ryder, excuse me, Kurt Hawkins, uh, excuse me, are gratuitous. You know, uh, for the opportunity because there was a time when they weren't on television at all. So, I mean, you know, we'll see how things continue to progress there. Next up, we had the Royal Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, the man challenging Oscar to a, to a match. You know, didn't matter when or where, they just wanted a match. Oscar comes out and um, 
kicks a whole bunch of Japanese dialect, which, in my opinion, I just love that stuff. I barely understand Japanese myself, but I, I can understand the, the passion in what one is saying, and Oscar was right there for it. And she has, uh, you know, the little weird thing she does. I don't want to make a comparison like this too, too much, but she does have that, like, you know, Japan Nakamura energy at times, you know, with just being different and Asuka, you know, so the way she, oh, you, you want to challenge me and, you know, show the belt and stuff like that, like that was, it was comical, it was funny for me, I thought it was just, you know, cool for a character because we all know, you know, Asuka's a monster, <laughs> you know, so with that, uh, you know, challenged Becky, well, Becky challenged her and said what, well, Asuka wanted it for the championship. So now we're going to see. I think she said Oscar two belts. After all of that Japanese, you know, it was like Oscar two belts and and not her best English, but totally understandable. That was like a 10 because everybody could clearly understand where she was coming from. And yeah, it was good, you know. So um, Becky versus Oscar, whenever we go and see it. And that's going to be that. So we'll see uh, if they let Becky avenge the losses. And uh, hopefully Oscar continues to look strong, but we need to see. I'm hearing things about a secondary women's championship in WWE. I would not be opposed to that idea. I think it actually is pretty necessary to have something else that the ladies can fight for. Like the tag team championships are cool. That's a thing. But we need a secondary women's championship. No, not no divas thing. Oh, uh, uh, ladies continental. I don't know. Like. I don't know, but it would need something, you know? I mean, something, I don't want to say something with flair. <laughs> Pardon me. No pun intended. But no, like, something that, um, you know, like, not it, it, not divas level, but maybe a mix of, you know, divas and, you know, this new women's revolution. Like, you know, I don't know, but it could be something. Either way, uh... That's that's just something we'll just leave out in the ether for now and see uh, how it how it you know grows. Either way, next up we have Alice the Black taking on Unlokale or his name Dion Rusman. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and um, completely destroyed him. And then Buddy Murphy took on what is Joasa or whatever I don't even know but um yeah it was actually a real good way they told the story you know Alistair come out have his match win his match out comes Birdie Murphy while Alistair's heading up the ramp and Buddy Murphy comes out and he's you know taunting Alistair pretty much the whole time then we get to uh what was it we get to after Buddy Murphy picks up his victory where he was taunting Alistair again. And um, what did we have? We had him come down the ramp. Oh, Alistair came down the ramp and actually tried to show him respect. Buddy Murphy didn't go with the handshake. And Alistair Black hit him with a black mask. Not mad at all at that. It was actually good. And the way they ended it was just, you know, Alistair sitting there. And you could only imagine... Uh, what was going through his mind. So that was actually very cool stuff. It was a good little story there. And the rivalry continues between the two. The people, you know, they like it. 
And um, everybody, I think everybody is, uh, you know, just looking good in in, in the match and out of the match because we know Buddy Murphy is one of the more capable, so he doesn't necessarily look weak, you know. And, yeah, it was good stuff. I think Buddy Murphy actually picked up the victory a little bit faster than Alistair Black did in his match. But either way, both of these guys, like I said, looked real good uh, the whole way through. So uh, shouts to them for that. Uh, Ricochet takes on Tony Nese and picks up the victory. Um, that match was a little enemy. I think it was a recoil. What was it? The ripcord recoil or something like that. That picked up the victory. Tony Nese sold it great on the way out. And they both had a real good match. To new faces, new matches. Is this not what we asked for and what we wanted? So this is what we've been getting in. I mean, it was for the most part a story. So then it's, oh, well, when's it going to mean something? How do we do that? And all the rest of that stuff. And I mean, I get it. I understand. Like I'm, uh, I I can I can comprehend where they're coming from when it comes to you know stakes and stuff like that. But everyone's climbing the ladder, and it's uh, a lot of other elements that go into the product. So we'll uh, see how things continue to progress with these superstars that they're showing now, and hopefully, you know everybody uh you know gets highlighted in a good fashion. I'm excited for it though. So the next uh next match we had up. Was Charlotte taking on Chelsea Green, who had a very, very good showing. Looked uh, not dominant, but she could keep up with Charlotte aggressively. And we all know Charizard is one of the more aggressive on the women's roster. Stood up to Ronda Rousey, was not scared of not one of them girls, and gets scrappy, real grapply and brawly, all that stuff. Like, I'm, uh, you know, we all, we all, we all know it's a pro Charizard channel over here so she was in there with Chelsea Green and Chelsea Green definitely uh matched the intensity uh pr- pretty much the whole way through but eventually you know as the story was told you know Charlotte and her experience was able to uh best the up-and-coming NXT superstar I hope that her and Santana whatever her name is Santana Garrett get to uh have a match or something like that. Maybe uh, next week on NXT. Maybe eventually. We'll see what happens. Though, like just looking at the new classes and the up and comers. So that was cool. The OC uh, took on Raw Tag Team Champions, uh, the Viking Raiders, and Randy Orton had a real good match. Uh, wasn't uh, anything crazy, crazy, but the OC did pick up the victory. Uh, a lot of uh, what is what was it? Just a lot of scrambling toward the end of the match to see who was going to actually win. I believe uh, AJ hit the phenomenal forearm for the victory. So that was cool. Uh, it wasn't, you know, a bad match at all. You know, six-man tag. What can you do? You're building it. You know, Randy right now, AJ right now. Have some something for them to do on television. Randy is, uh, well, at least the way the crowd was sweetened last night. He's supposed to be perceived in a very positive fashion. And... He's an in-between superstar, so he could be good one day and bad the next. And, it's, you know, the crowd is all right with it because he always gets cheered. That out of, RKO out of nowhere is something that's going to, you know, move him into the next decade, <laughs> you know, and have his spot solidified even more so than what he already is. So next matchup was uh, Eric Rowan taking on Travis Horn. Okie doke. And uh, what was that? He's still... With this, uh, this, this, whatever it is in the cage, uh, 
blowing kisses at it. It's just, you know, it's all around creepy. So we just go leave it at that. I don't really have an opinion on it anymore because it's very clear that the who's in charge of booking this is not intent on stopping me time soon. So we'll just uh, wait it out and see if we ever get the big reveal as to what's in the cage. Do I have any new predictions? Uh, I had one last night, but I can't remember what it was. It did make me chuckle, but I forgot. So whatever. <laughs> uh, that was fine. Did we get into the main event next? No, we didn't. Rusev went in there against No Way Jose in a real quick, uh, you know, knock him out match. Rusev picked up the victory there. Uh, the Rusev Day thing is now feeling a bit more manufactured. I'm, I'm, it might be me, but, you know, Aiden English kind of was a great second half to that. So, no Aiden on Rusev Day singing it and such. I don't really know. Like, if it's got wheels, let it run. You know, like, I'm not even going to be upset about it. Either way. Oh, Akira and Tazawa, our truth, ran around New York City the whole night chasing Santa Claus around for the 24-7 championship. If you want to see all of those hilarious hijinks all the way from 30 Rockefeller Center all the way to, you know, wherever else they were running around, go and uh, search the WWE, uh, you know, channels, and I'm pretty sure they'll have all of that uh, hilarity uh, somewhere over there posted. Uh, what do we have after that? All right, so then we have the United States champion, Seth, oh, excuse me, United States champion Rey Mysterio taking on Seth Rollins for the United States championship in the main event, which was, uh, it was a pretty cool match. The end, though, is really what stood out because Samoa Joe, uh, well, uh, pretty much Seth was taking him up the ramp Taking a ramp, the ramp they were going to finish him off, put him through the table, and Samoa Joe wasn't trying to move out of the way while the AOP was walking towards him. You know, he started talking shit, and he definitely ended up going through the table for that. This uh, outside of storyline is a great way to get Joe back on television in a really, really like you know, in a superstar you know form. Like, it's good that he's on commentary. It was fun. I went into this thinking, like, hey, that is perfect for him if he can't go anymore in the ring. But if he can still go and he wants to, by all means, it's great to have him on commentary. It's been, I'm happy that, you know, he's on there and he adds his expert opinion. You know, he, he really just has a, a, a different uh, type of viewpoint because he's still, like, one that was just in there. And he, he definitely has had his storylines as to where he was really a, a serious force, you know? So I respect it. And, uh, you know, him going through the, through the announce table uh, definitely moves this storyline in, in, in a compelling direction. Like, okay, now how is Samoa Joe going to play in all of this, you know? So that was cool. Uh, that was Monday Night Raw. But what would Monday Night Raw be without our live Morgan package. Faza, can you hear? Yo, it, it she's yo, she she talking, man, and she's everything about it is what the people want. You know? 
is what the people want. It's like the Emelina remaster. I want to say remix, but no, it's really like the remaster. Now, hopefully, they don't fuck this up. I'm going to say it better than that because every time people say that part, that's when it gets messed up. I hope that this continues. Every time WWE starts these little slow projects, it really, really... Uh, they, they all mean something at the end of the day. We had the New Day. That turned out to be really awesome. I'm pretty sure there have been some that turned out to be nothing, but the New Day turned out to be awesome. Look at them now. We had, shoot, most recently, the Firefly Funhouse. What are you doing, bro? Pardon me, folks. But anyway, we had the Firefly Funhouse where that was clearly like a, you know, really, really serious, uh, you know, like we see what the the fiend character is now and why people have enjoyed it you know in such a way like it's it's a different type of energy on it so now it's like another element that wwe is really starting to highlight with the true beauty and the glitz and the glam but you know whatever deep and personal transformation Liv morgan has been you know experiencing these past what five months they're saying she hasn't been around for so I'm definitely excited to see uh, where this goes with her. Uh, the people on the internet are going completely bananas over it. Like, uh, I read a comment on Reddit last night said, Liv Morgan is so hot, I cry myself to sleep at night. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just a pretty funny thing. And, you know, everyone's having their way with the ideas of the pictures and stuff like that. Like, you know, Liv Morgan is totally looking like a brand new superstar, and we don't even know what she's doing yet. So, we anticipate it, and we just hope to see uh, great things come from it. Shouts to Liv Morgan. Shouts to WWE for bringing uh, Monday Night Raw. Shouts to Des Moines, Iowa, for being able to sit through that. I don't know how those shows work. You know, if they sat there for all of those hours, and good God. You know, shouts to them. But, uh, you know, all of the superstars and everybody that went through you know, all of the experience to make the show happen. Shouts to them. So with that, be responsible with your power, folks. I will uh, catch you guys later on this week for the uh, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox recap and review. And NXT is this week. That is another thing to be very excited about. So we will get there when we get there. So a lot of taped stuff. But... It's always fun to see how interesting WWE tries to make it, even though they're not, like, literally and physically present at the time. And so, shouts to them. I'm excited about the rest of the weekend, uh, you know, sports entertainment, and let's just get there when we get there, man. Peace.